love that. Woohoo! It just sounds cool, doesn't it? Sound cool? Tonight I'm going to talk about living a life of love. Maybe you've seen those kind of decals that people can put on their walls. Live a life of love. That's what Jesus calls us to in, towards the end of John 15. Live a life of love. I'll stay in chapel after we're all done. If anyone wants to pray about anything, I'll just be here in the chapel after you leave. In our journey of faith, we are all sent as good news bearers to friends, to family, to strangers, and even our enemies. Children are great evangelists. Did you know that? Children are great evangelists with their peers, kids their own age or maturity level. But everybody else you should just pray for, okay? What are the things that we can do now that we can't do forever? How about some hands? Anybody can think of anything that we can do now that we can't do forever? Okay, Brady. They're close. Okay. We can't, we can't play an instrument further because sometimes you could get uh, arthritis or something. Okay. Okay. Max, what do you think? Okay. Hmm. All right. Back there. Right, okay. What do we do on earth that we can't do forever? Go ahead. Louder. Okay. No. Well, what is the point? In Jesus, God came to earth to provide healing and hope for all people. When we have Jesus as our Savior and our Lord and King, we have everything, including heaven. When we get to heaven, we will be worshiping, singing, praying, doing all these things that we're doing today, glorifying God. But what's the one thing we won't be able to do in heaven? Go ahead. I'm not sure I heard you. Live in this body and have all the bad stuff that comes along with it. Sin, yeah, sin, that's sin. true. But, okay, go ahead. Sin. Sit? Sin. 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 That's right. We won't be able to sin because we'll be pure. Well, we also won't be able to make disciples who make disciples. Our time on earth is to be bearers of God's word and tell people about Jesus. The Great Commission is part of God's original plan to bless the world. Do you remember what that was in Matthew 28, 18 to 20? It's, go ye into all the world and make disciples. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what we can't do in heaven. We can only do that on earth. That's the only thing we can't do in heaven. We are here on earth to be a blessing to people. And Jesus is the blessing. He repaired the connection to creation through him. And the, the best place, best bleh, the best way to bless the world is to give them Jesus. So how do you give them Jesus? Casual interactions are the best way. People want to have spiritual conversations if they know you and you've been a friend of theirs, but they want to do it casually. They don't want real big formal. Now I'm going to tell you about Jesus. No, that doesn't work. So what you should do is listen, listen without judgment, ask good questions that show that you care. Ask, number one. Number two, then admire something about them, something in them that you like. Affirm something. Like, Josiah really plays the bass really well. You know, something, like, something that you admire. And then, so ask, admit, ask, admire, and then admit that you have difficulties and you need help and share your story. And so I, I want to share my story of what Jesus has done in my life. People can't discount your story as readily as they can discount a Bible story. And the Bible is wonderful, but nowadays people don't read their Bibles, so they have no idea. So you've got to tell them your story, how Jesus made a difference in your life. Admit why you need Jesus. Usually it's from brokenness. And, and I was healed of abuse. I had abuse in my family. And I didn't even know about it. I mean, I didn't really recognize it as abuse until I was about 40 years old. And I started blaming my husband for a whole bunch of stuff that he was innocent of. And it turned out I was psychologically reliving stuff that happened to me in childhood. I was kind of stuck there. And so Jesus is the one who made the biggest difference. I, yeah, I saw a psychologist and had some therapy, but Jesus is what made the huge difference. And so like Daniel, a good life with inner peace requires making deliberate, prayerful choices and choosing an intentional path like Daniel did. He prayed. When you think about it, no one stumbles, stumbles into righteousness. You don't just happen to be righteous. You have to work at it. You have to point yourself towards God by prayer. And Daniel did that wonderfully. We learned about that that first night. So I'm going to share with you from um, Craig Greshel, the covenant pastor. He said, a couple, at least a couple times a year, I meet with some of the young leaders in our church to both invest in them and learn from them. 
The last time I met with this group, we talked for a long time about social media and relationships. One person said, the more I use social media, the more I crave personal interaction. And so Craig asked, what about the rest of you? Is that true for all of you? And they all agreed. Another person said, I feel more connected than ever before, yet I feel more alone. And you know, loneliness is one of the big problems we have in society, is people wanting to be connected to each other. And so we have social media that claims that they're connecting us. But the author of Hebrews wrote, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. That's Hebrews 10, 24. Wouldn't it be amazing to get together with other followers of Jesus and discuss a topic? We could start with, guys, how can we become so aggressive in how we show love to one another that other people really stop and think, hey, those people must be Christians. Have you seen the way they love each other? The writer of Hebrews goes on to say, and let us not neglect commenting on one another's posts. No, 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 that's not what he says. I, <laughs> no, the writer of Hebrews says, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. Really let that sink in. Let us not neglect our meeting together. Let us not neglect our meeting together. Let us not neglect our meeting together. What have you been doing this week? What's CBE stand for? Cabin bonding. Meeting together, right? So we're obeying God's word, not neglecting our meeting together. And there's something wonderful and special, powerfully happens when we come together with other believers to seek God. When you join hands with someone, when you join your faith together and go before God on his throne, you experience his power and presence together in real ways. And so this is really a blessing. And so we're thankful for the uh, camp here. And I'm, I'm thankful. You know, one of the things I'm thankful for is how I got to meet all you kids and to meet the counselors, the camp staff, and the interns, and the great meals that Chef Leonard and his team made. And it was such a treat not to have to wash tables or dishes afterwards. And I'm thankful for Liliana, who rescued me when I got stuck in a hammock today. <laughs> and for Josiah, who prayed for me today, and for the little girl who prayed for me on Monday. And I'm thankful to God for answering our prayers for sunshine. Wasn't it a beautiful day? Amen. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Do you want to get closer to God, to Jesus and his Holy Spirit? Then start thanking him. Start appreciating with your words 
appreciate God. And that's what that poster's for. There's only three little notes on it. We gotta fill it up, guys. Tonight and tomorrow morning, okay? Try to fill it up. We've got to have lots of praises for God and his people. So the next thing I wanted to share with you is about boundaries. One of the troubles that I had when I was a little girl in that abusive situation was I wanted so much to be connected that I didn't have proper boundaries. Boundaries are just fences. You know, um, Robert Frost said, good fences make good neighbors, and that people respect each other because of a fence. And so we need to have boundaries in our lives that protect us, you know? Um, like you don't let someone into your life who's going to be harmful. Or you don't let bad videos and bad movies that show violence and, and nasty things into your life because that's violating your boundary. And you can choose. You don't have to watch that stuff. You can choose. If your parents are watching it, you can go in a different room and try not to hear it. If, you're, if somebody else is watching something that you have to be around, you, you know, try to separate yourself from that. Because your inner self, remember that rock, that big ugly rock on the outside? We all look different and we're, we're really, you guys are really good looking people, okay? You're not like that rock. But inside, you are beautiful. You're like that crystal that's pure and holy, and God wants you to stay pure and holy. He tells that in us that in his word. Um, in Proverbs 22, 28, he says, don't violate the ancient boundaries, the boundaries that God has put to protect us, just like fences. They're, in our minds, they're, they're like fences ways that we protect ourselves. And maybe you can explore some of that with your, your counselor later. And so we want to protect our bodies too because 1 Corinthians 6.18 talks about fleeing and staying way away from anybody who tries to, to um, touch certain parts of your body that they ought not to touch. And so you just stay away from that. Okay, And pictures... Stay away from any images that are bad. You know, um, people who own cattle have a brand. You know, you've seen that on Western shows maybe where they stick a hot poker in the fire and then they brand the cow's skin and it burns um, the brand in there so they know the cow will have that for the rest of its life. Well, bad images do that to our brain. We, it's like searing, burning a bad image in our brain. It's hard to get rid of. So if somebody wants to show you some bad images, don't look. Don't even look. Beat it, say. Um, the word in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, and 1 Thessalonians 4, 5, is concupiscence, and it's, it's from the Hebrew Greek word, helmuth, 
which means hammered and pounded and oppressed. It's pressed into you, and that's, that's not good. You've got to keep your heart pure. It's beautiful right now, tender and, and perfect the way God created you. And so you've got to put good boundaries around it to protect yourself, okay? So let me see 117. David um, wrote Psalm 16:6, and in here, there he said, "The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. God has put some fences or boundaries in place, and I'm very thankful He has. The fences keep the good stuff in and the bad stuff out. God's boundaries are designed not to confine us, but to protect us." So um, most people I know don't plan to ruin their lives. I don't think anyone who thinks if I can connect with an old friend on Facebook, I can totally wreck my life. But you know, you just don't want to do that. You want to be careful with your friends, be careful with all the stuff in the culture that wants to destroy you, because Satan goes around like a roaring lion. Remember that verse? Seeking who he can devour. So get honest with yourself. Where are you weak? Where are you vulnerable? Where are you most likely to get caught in a trap that could destroy what you treasure? And so be really truthful. And if somebody wants to show you some movie or video or something that you know might be bad, say, no, I'm not going to do it. And stay away from it. When you think about it, no one stumbles into righteousness. People fall into sin every day, but no one just falls into holiness. It requires making deliberate, prayerful choices and walking an intentional path. And so we want you to have integrity and peace. And with that, I will end. Thank you. For your attention. It's been a wonderful week with you. I have one little chapel time in the morning and then I'm leaving for Omaha, Nebraska to go vote for our church to stand by the Bible. So I'm just uh, really appreciating all your attention. You know, when I was a, learning to be a school teacher, I had seventh grade kids studying science. And you know what they did? It was a downtown St. Paul. They pulled a knife on me in class. And instead of handling it like a grown-up should have at that point, I wasn't a grown-up yet, I ran away. I left the room and cried, and it was not good. So I really appreciate your attention. You've been a wonderful group to speak to. Thank you. And thank you, Kayla, for letting me come. God bless you.